0: Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. week I'm chatting to Nikki about her experiences and a really difficult time in her life. There isn't anything that I really want to warn you about but I did just want to mention that we recorded this a little while ago so during the beginning of this conversation we talk about the Easter holidays coming up because we did record it just before the Easter holidays but obviously time has moved on a little bit since then. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks. And I am so excited to welcome the lovely Nikki to join me today. So, welcome. Hello, Harriet. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Absolute pleasure. So, how do we find you today? How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Just been on a call. So, just come off of that call and onto this call. But I'm okay, thank you. Looking forward to the Easter holidays. Good. Okay. Lovely. Yeah. Coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for the Easter holidays. A couple of weeks off. But apart from that, I'm okay. Thank you. Good. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. So Nikki you know a little bit about how the podcast works but just in case anyone is listening for the first time what I like to do is not give you a big introduction about who you are and what you're doing but we will get onto that towards the end of the episode. Instead what I like to do is go back to a time when you were feeling quite low or hopeless and we sort of discuss and talk about that a little bit and what that was like for you and then we'll move forward to finding a bit more hope and what that might have looked like for you and then forward to where that's taken you now and what you're doing now so if it's okay with you would you be able to share a time with us when you were feeling particularly low or feeling like you'd lost hope
1: yeah I think the one thing that sticks into my mind more than anything was when my girls they're older now 24 and 21 but when they were young so it was approximately rosie was about three months old and i noticed that in my marriage at the time my husband seemed distant Do you know when you know when you know a gut intuition that something isn't right Something's and off, i felt yeah. that it was yes yeah, something was off it was around christmas time rosie was in a little bouncy chair in a christmas outfit holly was busy around with like all oh, That was pre-COVID days, obviously. Of course, Um, (laughs) And family was all around. And I just remember having this overwhelming sense that my husband wasn't present. He was somewhere else. And I didn't really understand it, to be honest with you. I just knew something was off. And this went on for absolute years. And he was leading a double life. In this double life, he had um, separate phones, separate bank accounts. He used to tell me he was going away with work. But obviously, I guess you can imagine what's going to happen. He was obviously in a relationship with somebody else.
0: He met this person at
1: work. And I think for probably, I would say, until Rosie. So Rosie was, this probably went on for nearly five years until we got divorced in 2005. So Rosie was born in 2000, and Mm. we actually got divorced in 2005. But during that period, there was false hope given. Mm. So I didn't, at that time, understand and know that he was having an affair. But he led me into this false sense of security He said that he was staying with a friend. He said that um, things were getting too much with him. He was living with his mum and dad. And when I checked that out, he wasn't there. I turned up at his friend's address and he wasn't there. But still, and I suppose for me, it was a bit of denial as well. Mm. That I just believed everything he told me. I then found out he had separate bank accounts. We'd signed extra money onto onto our house and increased our mortgage.
0: Okay. Um,
1: all of this going on at that time, I'd been promoted in work, um, and I worked nights at that time. Not doing what I'm doing now, completely different. But I'd worked nights, and he sort of allowed me to go for this interview, knowing that he wouldn't be around. I think it. I suppose it felt for me that he planned it. Right. And even though, I'm sure now. I can look back at it, a different sort of mental state, I suppose. I don't mm. think he wanted to hurt me at all. It's just one of them things that he got caught up in. And he's he's married to this lady now. And we're all on speaking terms. And we've got a, um, a better relationship. But at that time, I remember my mum and dad found out where he lived. We, we actually used to try to follow him in the car to find Gosh, out where, he was, where going. he was going. Yeah, and we my I remember my dad wearing his hat to try and disguise himself and he clocked my dad in the in the mirror and like skipped a red light and drove off speedily so my dad couldn't follow him. Honestly, it was like <laughs> Looking back now, it's like, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> but at the time, I was so desperate to have an answer yeah. to what was happening in my life and to know the truth. And he wasn't giving me the truth. And so finally, my mum and dad did track him down. And they did go and knock on his door where he was living with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said that he didn't love me. And I remember my mum and dad phoning me. It was during the week. And my mum and dad phoned me and said, I'm sorry, Nikki. I'm sorry, darling. And they was crying down the phone oh, and gosh. they said he's with someone else. He is. We've been round there and it's true. And I remember just I literally fell to my knees
0: mm.
1: and I was sobbing and sobbing. And do you know when you just can't stop? Yeah and even now mm. it still brings tears mm. to my eyes now I'm thinking oh my goodness me I've come such a long way from then yeah and yeah. I remember being sick like just every morning I'd wake up and I was sick and Holly must have been around four mm. at that time and she used to come into the bathroom and rub my back oh. and say "Mummy, it's okay and she didn't okay. even though unconsciously she would know what was going on things Mm. weren't right she didn't understand that no of course not um what was like how I felt and what was Mm. really going on so I didn't want to be there and the only thing that kept me kept me there were obviously my girls Holly and Rosie I remember driving and not concentrating we nearly had several car crashes It was horrendous. It was really, really awful. And my friends used to come around and have to cook dinner for me because I wasn't eating. I'd lost so much weight and I just didn't want to be there. Mm. I then become ill, like Mm. flu-symptoms and used to get quite a lot of flu and couldn't look after my girls. And I went to stay with my mum and dad for a while so they could help with my girls Sounds like because it was, I just wasn't able to. No, it sounds like
0: you know, it was just, absolutely devastating.
1: When you're just, it, it was, and you're just processing things. And do you know what? When I look back, I just think, do you know, when I got married and when I had my girls, I always thought the two-point family scenario is what I wanted. Mm. For me, that was perfection. Mm. And I had, I suppose I had a lot of imposter syndrome back then, was looking at all other people and my friends with their husbands and children and think oh they've got the perfect life they're together and when it happened to me and me and my husband split I was thinking oh my goodness me I'm a single mum I never ever wanted to be a single mum and Mm. I don't suppose no one does really do they but um, sometimes it's a choice isn't it sometimes Mm. you want to leave and I suppose before that was the thing I didn't have a choice in it he he done that and took that choice away from me. If I was the other one doing it, not that it would have been easier because it wouldn't have been, but at least I was the one that made that choice and that decision. And for me, because I had to see him as well um, when he used to, like come and pick up the girls or well, actually his mum and dad used to pick up the girls a lot, not him. Um and they didn't spend a lot of time with him and they had a strange relationship with him for a very long time. It's a lot better now. But I used to dread seeing him. I used to my heart it used yeah. to race, I used to get yeah. sweats. Um and juice used to think, Oh no, what are you gonna to say to me? Or what's gonna happen? How am I gonna feel when I see you? So that was yeah, that was my lowest lowest time
0: oh nikki i'm so sorry that that happened i can hear now just kind of how much emotion is in your voice when you're talking about it and and i can understand that it must have been absolutely devastating on so many levels you know on the on the everyday level but also on the kind of hopes and dreams about the future you know that that they have to change and and it almost feels a bit like the rug was sort of pulled out from underneath you that you were vulnerable and you had no choice about it because it was a it was a loss of trust a a betrayal that you that you experienced and and it must have been absolutely devastating
1: yeah because you automatically think the overriding thought that I had and this I'm not good enough mm, carried on with me for many 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 years after that I wasn't lovable I wasn't good enough I wasn't sexy enough mm. Um, mm. I was the one that wasn't there for my husband so that's why he left me um, so all of these negative self-doubt and talk that I used to do, tell myself for years played a big part of my life back then kept running that
0: pattern and that's the trouble isn't it that a life event like that a significant trauma that you experience like that brings up our most sort of vulnerable self and all of that those beliefs that we might have about ourself um that we potentially have you know don't feel as strongly anymore can come up really strongly and we we really start to doubt our positive attributes and how good we are in relationships and how much we bring to a relationship. And that is so difficult to manage all of that stuff because in reality, you bring so much and you are worthy and lovable just as you are. But at the same time, when you're going through that, it's really, really hard to keep keep a hold on that. And maybe for some of us, we've never really felt like that. And so it's sort of engaging with how can we even begin to be positive in you know, in a way that we've never been able to be before, about yeah. loving and supporting ourselves because we deserve it, and that's the only reason yeah. that we need to do it. Yeah, and I think back then I didn't. I felt
1: and believed in myself that I didn't. So when I started getting a bit accepting what had happened in mm. 2005, the actual divorce went through, and I had to get start getting on with it. Mm -hmm. I think I then attracted more of the same sort of patterns into my life. So I attracted relationships that I wanted as a need to feel better and, yeah, yeah, attracted all of them things, attracted married men and things like that. And I didn't want that, but I Mm -hmm. obviously was putting out there that I had this need that I would just give everything away because I wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, so mm. I went through a few years of doing that as well, and that was a difficult time because it kept me in that trap, if you like, yeah. of that not good enough repeating pattern over yeah. again. It reattracts the it, same, it? yeah, yeah mm. the same stuff into my life, the same sort of people into my life. So yeah, it was a really challenging time.
0: It's so difficult because. I can really relate to that sort of repeating patterns idea where you can attract you can get out of a relationship and then attract almost the same things but in a different mm. format, you know, in, mm. in and you bring the same thing back and back again until on some level you've you've learnt to deal with whatever it is that you're trying to figure out with that that I don't don't, hesitate to call it lesson because you don't really want at the time you don't want the lesson (laughs) you don't want to be learning it but at the same time (laughs) it, it does seem to be something you've got to move through doesn't it about beliefs about yourself and if you haven't changed your internal beliefs your external reality is just gonna keep reflecting back to you the same the same stuff you know you know if you don't feel good enough then then in theory that that situation could just turn up again where someone will will sort of mirror that back to you in a way and it's painful Mm. and it's devastating and it's raw because that's exactly the opposite of what you want to feel but if you're so far away from feeling good about yourself and your feelings that it's almost unreachable
1: yes really really difficult exactly and it reminds me you saying that cole young's got a Quote hasn't he? And I just love this quote, it's my favorite quote. The one that says, Until you make the unconscious conscious, it would direct your life and you will call it fate. Huh. And that's what I did all of the time, that's what mm. I was attracting constantly into my life. So, yeah, oh, it's not, it, like, yeah, and like you say, it's not, you don't want to learn the lesson, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're sort of in it. and you don't want to you just want to like get out of it I want to get out of this hell and yeah as quick as possible make everything better please yeah
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah no I can really relate to that and it's so hard when you're in it as well because part of the situation is even seeing that you have these unconscious beliefs that you're Attracting things to yourself because ultimately that's the first painful step that you don't want to believe that you're doing this to yourself because we don't want to be responsible for our pain. But on the other hand, if we are responsible, that means we can take our power back. That means we can mm-hmm. we can make changes and we can have some control back because you're talking about a situation which was devastating, but you felt completely that it was out of your control. There was nothing you could do. You were the victim in that situation. Whereas if we see it from the point of view of what were your limiting beliefs or unconscious beliefs going on underneath at the time... And and then can we bring them to the surface? You're then taking charge and then being like, Well, I'm I actually want something different for myself. I don't want to repeat this pattern again and again because it's horrible and I want to be out yeah. of it. Um which is it, it's somewhere more it's somewhere more I'm not sure what the right word is. I want to say powerful, but it's not quite it's not quite there. It's it is it is somewhere more powerful, but it's almost it's empowering, isn't it, that you Yeah can definitely. be back in the empowering. driving seat.
1: And it changes yeah absolutely I agree definitely
0: empower yeah tell us a little bit about what were the first sort of steps you said about you you had a number of other situations that made you feel not good enough or not worthy enough in some way or not lovable enough what changed what began that process that maybe helped you to to begin to feel a bit more hopeful or uncover some of those limiting beliefs. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What were the next steps?
1: So the next steps after that is I got my promotion at work, um, like I said to you, yeah. and I then, I was the manager of a team mm-hmm. and that sort of helped to raise my confidence a little Good. bit. Mm-hmm. I... I had a group of friends that were going through similar experiences it either was in the middle of separation or wasn't sure or was in that sort of uh, that limbo stage, didn't know what they wanted in their relationships. There was about four of us and we, we, we formed a really good friendship, a really good friendship, strong bonds. And they was my outlet. So mm. I used to go out with them as well. My mum and dad and dad, Brother were amazing, and my friends around me. That support network really, really mm. helped me. Mm. Also, when my girls used to go away to their dads or their their other grandparents, I learned to get used to having this time on my own instead of actually dreading it. And I remember the first time they stayed overnight, I went into Rosie's room and mm. I went into Holly's room and I sat mm. on both of their beds and cried, mm. and I it was just. It's just that empty house and yeah. me on my own. And yeah. I was like, what am I? What, what is my life? What am I going to do? Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. so lost. Yeah. And I started to get used to having that time on my own and appreciating that actually I've got a whole weekend. Yeah. Like, I'll, me time kids. What I, exactly I've got me time to do what I want to do so I learned to have self-care I learned to be with my friends I learned to be by myself and enjoy my own company and get I don't know just do anything that I want you to do and that was so powerful for me and then I suppose after that I then started working with children and when Rosie was at play school, she left play school, and that was still quite a vulnerable time for me because mm. the divorce hadn't actually happened then and everything right. else. So it was still vulnerable, but I got a job working. When Rosie left play school, I got a job in a play school working with children. Okay. And they say that children, well, my children were my lifesavers. We all know that children are childlike and they just take your mind off of so much, don't they, mm-hmm. children? Nice of you. So I worked in a play school and then also started working in a school. When I started working in a school that both my children used to go to, I then started my therapy training. Right. And that absolutely, not only did I have my own therapy, mm-hmm. which was a massive, massive help, I then started becoming a therapist. And that for me was just life transforming because Then, as we spoke about before, looking at all my limiting beliefs, looking at what I was retracting, what I was scared of, all Mm. of these negative self-doubt, that allowed me to look at all of my stuff. I do a lot of personal development, self-development, whatever you want to call it. And that was just, for me, life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And that then gave me the hope. It gave me back my power it gave me back my myself it made me look at things differently and now actually now I'm in a much better place and have been for a number of years I actually look back at that time and thank my husband ex-husband now yeah and he remarried um, that lady but I actually thank him for what I went through because mm. if it wasn't for him, I would not be where I am now. I wouldn't have done the things I'd done. I don't think I'd be a therapist because that was never on the cards for me. I know I wanted to help people. And from a very young age, I knew I was put on this earth for something different, mm. not to be in a nine-to-five job, do the same things as my family have done. And I know that I've wanted to change lives and to empower people. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have done that.
0: Or it would have been a
1: lot later on in life. So for me, I can actually look back and I, I thank him for the worst time of my life. But in some ways now, I'm at the best time in my life. And I love being in my 40s. I absolutely love this point in my life so I'm very grateful to him actually and I never ever back then 20 odd years ago thought I'd
0: ever say that. Isn't that amazing to have moved so far from where you were feeling to where you are feeling now and I I absolutely love what you were saying there about being grateful for your experiences you know the bad ones and I, I, I can really relate to that that when you're able to look back and see things with gratitude and be grateful to that person who X, Y, Z, whatever it was that they did, betrayed you or lost your trust or let you down. When you're able to sort of see things from a new perspective, it really does change everything and how you're able to kind of view things now. And I also love that you said you got your power back, like you took your power back and you're also talking there about, knowing that you were meant to be doing something that empowered people and yet you had to go on your own empowerment journey which makes complete sense that you had to do that even though we'd never have chosen you know we never choose these bad difficult times for ourselves however what you're saying now is that you wouldn't change it
1: absolutely wouldn't absolutely because I believe that life is about lessons and it is about going through I suppose for me the way because of the work I do as well that when people are at rock bottom that's when they change their life because Absolutely. they're like I can't do this anymore when you're comfortable in life you don't really want to change it do you you don't want to come out of your comfort zone but when you're in that place like I was Well, what else am I going to do? I've got to change something because something's not working. And I think for me and what I see is that is when people make the decision that they can't do this anymore and something's got to change.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with what you've said there, because there's something really transformational about getting to that point where you're at rock bottom. So you already think, well, nothing can get any worse. So I might as well try the things that I didn't believe would work or whatever it is that is around you because you're right you've got to a point where you've got nothing so you think well actually i might as well nothing try to lose, because, I? yeah you've got nothing to lose and that's in a strange way even though we'd never choose to be in a position where you feel like you've lost everything you've got nothing to lose it's incredibly empowering the moment you realize that because you then think actually I can begin to design my life the way that I want it to be and I can take make steps that are just for me and they're not for the good of everyone else necessarily. I'm not putting everyone else first all the time, though of course, you know, we are looking after people, but I'm actually putting me first, I'm putting my needs first, and for you, I'm sure it was your children as well. But that sort of process of I can start again and maybe that's really refreshing.
1: It is. It is so refreshing because now I my outlook on life, oh, don't get me wrong, I still have days like we all do where things are not working out or the self-doubt comes in and things like that, and that's normal. And I also think now that I can see that as normal, but what I can quickly do is turn things around. Mm. And I think that comes from having my own sense of self, and I didn't have that before. I didn't know who I was and when my husband left I got lost even more Mm -hmm. and now I've come back if you like to my true sense of self that I feel that yeah I empower myself and I love the fact that now I'm in the driving seat and I will and instead of someone else driving me I am driving myself and I love that
0: it's so life-changing isn't it? yeah yeah and i think also something that you've made me think of with what you're talking about there is that we're never going to find all the things we ultimately need in someone else in Mm -hmm. something else in when we've achieved that next thing or whatever all of the things that we need are within us you know all of the needs that we need met or that we need looking after are we're able to do that and we're able to parent ourselves which you'll know something about from therapy training Mm -hmm. that it's quite a strange concept, parenting yourself, but you can actually do that. You can nurture and nourish and look after yourself better than anyone else because you know what's going on in your head. And and there is, you know, so much of our culture and the way that, that we're impacted by social media and there's always like bigger, better, brighter out there or we imagine there is. And, and it somehow makes us always look outside ourselves for the things to make us feel better when actually... What I've discovered through my own journey, and it sounds as though this is what you've been discovering and it really resonates with me, is that everything I need is within me, not outside of me. And as soon as I start to honour that and take notice of that and look within rather than without, I really can begin to solve some of those really deep things that are going on and and start to feel genuinely better rather than temporarily better because I've had a hit of someone helping me to feel better or I've bought something new that made me feel good, you know? It's a different, different feeling good, isn't it? It's yes. a peaceful good, like feeling good within yourself and it's much more settled than that sort of instant fix of something outside. That inner child, parenting the inner child is
1: so powerful and learning to do that is... It's honestly amazing, isn't it? Because yeah. otherwise, what we're doing like I'd done, I blamed everybody else. I was blaming my husband. I was blaming the, the, my ex-husband. I was blaming the person that he was with. I was blaming, why me? Like you were saying, a victim mode. Why has this happened to me? It hasn't happened to so-and-so, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. And until I started on my journey and then started parenting my inner child... And looking at what I was doing and what I was tracking, it's all about me, it all started with inside of me. And when I was able to heal that, everything was so much different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely, yeah, I'm, I love what you've said there, because I feel like it's going to speak to people on so many levels. Because, you know, there's nothing wrong with feeling like a victim or feeling powerless in the moment of, disaster happening you know this you cannot you're going to have an emotional yeah. response there is it is absolutely okay to feel very low when something mm. really difficult yeah. happens but i suppose the point is people say don't don't they you can go there but don't unpack and stay there you know it's yeah. it's allow yourself to grieve and have that moment of processing the intense emotions mm. that you feel in those devastating moments but ultimately don't stay in that victim place because Mm. then you can't change anything you know then you're you're continuing to give your power away to everybody else rather than taking some for yourself and thinking I'm going to do something for me I'm going to make changes for me thank Mm. you Nikki I feel like that was such an incredible amount of stuff that we've sort of fitted into that space of that journey so there were some really key things in there that supported you your family and friends the people around you seems like that was a massive thing you also had your own sort of personal development journey which seems important and then part of that was about having your own therapy doing therapy training and becoming a therapist and I can fully um, support that similar transformation for me when I did my therapy training I think I certainly went in quite naively thinking I knew myself very well too right, and then you you get a sort of shock quite quickly on that there are a lot of unconscious behaviours that you don't know that you're dealing with, and it's certainly I found it very hard to take. First of all, it was it was a very steep and quite harsh learning curve. But then on the other side of that was freedom from those unconscious beliefs and an awareness of myself like I've never had before and a level of comfort with myself that i've ne- that i never had before of being okay you know i wouldn't have been comfortable to have this sort of vulnerable discussion about my own feelings when i was younger i would have found that way too difficult i wouldn't have found the right words and i'd have felt very too exposed you know in that sense and and now i've got those boundaries which i'm sure you know that's something that therapy training help really helps us with as well Is sort of developing those boundaries so we don't expose ourselves too much emotionally but also and we keep ourselves safe and all those things so was there anything else that I've missed that was really important that I'm just thinking about sort of tangible things that listeners can think, actually, that's really interesting. I'd like to learn more about that. Was there anything else or did we cover most of it? I think
1: we cover everything. I think it's important. I also actually <laughs> had to thank my girls because obviously my girls helped me through it as well. Of course. They included just the family, I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, they was a massive help to me as well. Um. I suppose it's also about focusing on what I see in like, like you said, in the work we do as well, that we see a lot of people that focus on the problems of things and Mm. not find the solution. Mm -hmm. And I know we are in a, when we're in a dark place, it's really difficult to focus on the solution because all we want to do is keep ourselves safe. Don't we in the problems that are normal to us, if you like, Mm -hmm. um, But even if we can focus on simple solutions to help us make little steps forward, and I believe any transitional work is all about momentum, it's all about just keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. even if it is having a shower, because there were days I couldn't even have a shower. There were days when I I would go to bed and have 20 hours sleep Mm
0: -hmm. when I was on my own, because
1: for me, Being asleep, I didn't have to think about anything. Yeah, and you could get through the time. My mind was shut. Mm. Yeah, but for me, that's also that was also a healing stage as well. So it's not about suppressing your feelings, and it is about owning them. But exactly like you said, Harry, I really agree with you about trying to not stay there too long, because when we stay there, it's going to bring you further, further down. And if we keep focusing on the problems and not the solution then we're going to get stuck even more. And the more stuck we get, it's harder to get out of. So if we can have the momentum to keep moving forward, mm. even in the tiniest little bunny steps, it's momentum and it's moving forward and it will
0: help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter how small the steps are, just, just step whatever it yeah. is, you know, whatever it is, whether it's pouring yourself some cereal, yeah, whatever the exactly. step is,
1: doesn't Cleaning matter. Cleaning
0: the tea, yeah. anything. Yeah think. Yeah. yeah just you know and I also think I've realized that the harder the the harder the experience the bigger the trauma the worse the thing that is going on is the smaller the steps are I need to take you know like in my worst worst yeah like darkest times I know that I have literally have to talk myself through like a child like you just need to get yeah. dressed like you just need to do this and like give myself really small manageable tasks because mm-hmm. You you'd need that kind of really... Like you were talking about parenting. It is that sort of really gen, being really gentle with yourself because you, mm. you can't manage anything more at the time and you need that real sort of gentleness. One thing you touched on and I wanted to come back to was you said, and I'm curious to pick your brains about what you do, you said, of course I have bad days, but when I'm having a bad day, I have things which help me turn turn it around. I wonder if there's one or two techniques or things that you'd like to share that you do if you're having a hard day I think it's looking at me what's going
1: on for me so say I've been someone said something to me or I've been faced with a challenge whether it's with my girls or myself or somebody else I start looking at me and I journal things a lot so I write things down a lot so all of my thoughts that are going on in my head I would just journal them down sometimes they don't even make sense but I really do think for me journaling and writing things down gets them out of my head and the more you journal even if you don't know what it means or you don't mm-hmm. understand it the more you do it the more it starts to make sense and yeah. you get more to the bottom of things like yeah. you know yeah I do gratitude every day without fail. And that doesn't have to be a half an hour thing. Mm-hmm. It could be just in the moment, the sun shining. And I would say, I'm thank you. I'm grateful for the sun shining today and warming my body, something like that. Mm-hmm. I might start walking. As I'm walking, I might be in silence for 20 seconds. And just every time I step, I say, thank you. For the step, I'm grateful for my steps. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I believe when you're in gratitude, you can't be in a negative space. Yeah. You, yeah. You can't have. It's not yin or yang. It's either you're you're grateful, but you, mm-hmm. you can't be feeling angry, jealous, frustrated at the same time. So for me, when I am in gratitude, and when I say gratitude, it keeps my vibration and my energy higher. And when yeah. I know that it's depleted, I know that I need the self-care. And the self-care then comes in with, like you say, the, like we said, the meditations or mm-hmm. um, the gratitudes or journaling, whatever it is. Just being kind to myself, really. But they're the things. I think as a therapist, you learn so many things about tools and techniques that you can use. But for me, it always comes back to looking at me, what's going on for me, and trying to work out what it is and not blaming or looking at everybody else on the outside it starts with me
0: yes Nikki I really really like that I think you're so right about gratitude as well because I think sometimes people can feel like it's a bit airy fairy but I think the thing to know about gratitude doesn't really matter whether you think it's woo-woo or not the point about gratitude is that it's this sort of superpower emotion and if you begin to feel some gratitude like you say the negative emotions can't exist in the same space so they naturally sort of dissipate don't they and you you just feel a bit lighter in yourself and that's such a powerful process that's really easy and you just like you say you can find something anything and like the sun again same for me it's a really big thing like sunshine like feeling sunshine when it's sunny outside or tiny things that make you happy or something kind somebody's done that they didn't need to do or whatever it might be it can be a really really big thing and journaling as well is is so powerful I agree with you that the more you do it the more it sort of the more clarity you get in terms of what is going on and what your process is like even if Mm. things come out you think I don't really know where that's come from like you're literally just free writing without thinking Mm. too hard and you're just letting the words come out and and sometimes it might not quite make sense and then within you know it might be a within a few minutes it might be within a few days you suddenly begin to understand that's why I was feeling like that and it begins to make sense but yeah I do find the longer I've done journaling the more clarity it gives me and it is such a useful tool as well I love that thank you and I just think some really easy sort of things that people can pick up and think well actually I'll I'll try that because that sounds interesting to me or whatever okay thanks No, thank you.
1: So, and I also, sorry, and I also was thinking that with the gratitude thing as well, is I really believe that the universe gives us lots of signs and lots of things if you believe in all that, and I do. Mm. But it's the universe gives us signs all the time. And I think being grateful, when you're really aware, you pick up on so many things that we have to be grateful for. Yeah. So it might be someone giving you money or someone getting a discount in the Mm -hmm. store. And Mm -hmm. we take these things for granted so much, don't we, that I suppose we we stop being aware of everything. And once we become aware of what people are doing or what people are giving us or um, even getting through a traffic light, a green traffic light, being grateful for that and not getting stuck at the red light. I look at that and think, thank you. Thank yeah. you for letting me go through the red, um, the green traffic light. Thank you for that parking space. Things like that. And I think once we're more aware with what the university is offering us and giving us, because it's all there
0: for everybody, mm. it's just being aware
1: of it, isn't it? And I think that really helps as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think as well, it's an awareness of it coming from, it could come from any direction. It doesn't have to yeah. be how you decided whatever it is that you need is going to come to you like it can be from any direction like you say the yes. green light on the way to work or whatever it is it's, it's just simple, about it? being aware yeah really simple being aware of what's around <laughs> yes. you and then being being thankful for the good stuff yes yes i got through the lights okay. Yes, is.
1: exactly um, it's really anyone can do that yeah.
0: can't yeah. they yeah yeah really simple but but a really lovely thing to do and and it's cheerful it's playful isn't it which is Again, what we're about is connecting with that playful inner child, that younger self, that that it's much easier to laugh and play and be joyful. And it becomes much harder as we're adults. We've got the weight of the world on our shoulders, but it's good to sort of connect back in with that self and, yeah, spend some time with it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Nikki tell us a little bit about where this has taken you You've obviously spoken a little bit about what you do now But tell everyone a bit more in more detail what it is that you do now And and kind of how that has come from what we've been talking about So I am a playing creative arts therapist as I
1: said And I work with all ages I work in schools and I've got my private practice and in doing that, I met somebody called Christine, who is also a playing Creative Arts therapist. And we met on a conference one year, probably about five years ago, six years ago, something like that, I can't remember how long ago it was. <laughs> and we had the same sort of vision. We wanted mm. to support people in their relationships, support people in their wellbeing and mindset, because we've both come from our own journeys on our mindset. And because of the work we do in therapy, we see that parents struggle with the relationship with their children. And like I did back then, I struggled with the relationship with myself, the relationship Mm. with my children, because of what I was going through, my own mindset. Mm. And she says, I think we should go into business together. So I was like, oh, okay then. So (laughs) that was probably two, three years ago. So we've come up with a name back then, Blossoming Connections. And we are now therapeutic mindfulness trainers. So not only do we help with well-being and mindset in the corporate business world, because we believe that mindset is a big thing in business. But we also help with relationships in general with parents. So we've got parenting programs and we've got well-being programs as well. So we've sort of combined the two together, if you like. So it's not just one thing we do. We offer parenting courses and we offer the well-being for
0: businesses as well. So sort of combined it all. Amazing. And actually, the listeners will have already met Christine because she's a couple, of, a couple of episodes ahead of you. So it's quite <laughs> nice to get both sides of the package. Um, <laughs> that's really lovely. Thank you. And um, And so how, if people are interested in your story and in what you're doing, what's the best way for them to get in touch and reach out to you? Nikki Malcolm, my
1: name is, and I am on Facebook. And I have got um Nikki Malcolm Play Therapy or Play Therapist, it is, and that's on Facebook as well. Me and Christine's joint venture of Blossoming Connections is also on Facebook. I think that's the best place really to get us is on Facebook. Perfect. Um, I'm trying to think of our. Uh, Website and all of that But do you know when it just goes out I I, I just don't Oh it's all on Facebook
0: Yeah it's absolutely fine And we we will put all of your links Nikki in the show notes So people can find you And connect to you However they prefer But it's good to know Where's like a good place To get in touch And and where you are Spending quite a bit Of your time as well So yeah thank you Was there any last things Or anything that you feel That we haven't had a chance To share that you wanted to And it's totally all right If there is and it's just sometimes good to just give you a minute if there's anything else.
1: No, do you know what? I think we've covered loads, haven't we? We
0: have. We really have.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been so good. I've absolutely loved it. I loved oh, it. Thank you. It's been really good. And I love the questions that you asked as well. It was, yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. Thanks thank for having me. And oh, asking you're me. so
0: welcome. You're so welcome, Nikki. Thank you. That was such an interesting and upbeat, positive episode. I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to it. Remember, all of Nikki's information is on today's show notes, which you'll find if you just click on the link when you've listened to the podcast, or otherwise you can find all of the show notes at dawnbreaks.co.uk. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you enjoyed and why. It's always so good to hear from you. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, if you search for dawn breaks, or on Instagram, which is at squares of hope and realism. Otherwise, take really good care, and you'll hear from me soon.